What will your friends and your family members all get together and say about you at the end of your life? What will your acquaintances, maybe some that distant coworker, what will they say about you? Well, stay with us tonight as we talk about one of the most famous interactions that Jesus had with the Pharisee. Stay with us. All right, praise the Lord. Welcome back. Wednesday night Bible study. We're so glad, so thankful that you are here joining with us. We have our special guest host, Brother Hal and Brother Mike, here to uh, continue on in our series about the events in the life of Jesus. And, and we got a great event that we're talking about tonight. Uh, but before we get in too far into it, uh, let's go before the Lord in prayer, asking God to have his will and to have his way. And if you have a prayer request, uh, please email those at prayer at mastershouse.org and we'll lift up your needs before the Lord and uh, ask God to have his will and to have his way. So Brother Mike, if you would, let's take this before the Lord in prayer over the rest of this Bible study. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us together tonight to delve into your word. May it be a blessing unto everyone watching tonight and not only to those out there but to us here and may we uncover some truths that we may not have known until today uh, as always bless our pastor and his family and in your name we pray amen 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 i like like what you said there brother mike to uncover some truths and because there's a lot of great truths and like I said, this is probably one of the most, the, the most popular verse is found in this story. And uh, if you don't know already, we are talking about Jesus' interaction with Nicodemus. And uh, it's a great, great interaction. It's been preached on a million times. And there's, like, like I said, there's so many truths in this chapter. And, and really, if you don't know, John 3 that's what we're talking about. This story is only found in the Gospel of John, uh, the story of Nicodemus. And, or actually any mention of, the, of Nicodemus is only found in the book of John. And so we have John chapter 3, where it talks about this famous, hey, what must we do? And Jesus says, you must be born again of the water and spirit, and so on and so forth. We'll get into that here in just a bit. But then, as I was looking, uh, researching, which is really not part of our Bible study, but I'm going to bring it in anyways. We get down to John 7, and uh, Nicodemus actually speaks up to the other Pharisees yes. and speaks up for Jesus, but not, not all the way, but he does a little bit. And because all the other Pharisees, you know, the high priests are like, hey, we got to throw Jesus in prison. You know, he's, he's causing a ruckus and, you know, he's causing blasphemy and all these kind of things, right? And Nicodemus speaks up and says, hey, you know, shouldn't we rightly judge every person, right? So let's, let's take them through the proper channels before we just, you know, uh, tie them up in chains and, and cast them into prison. So we kind of stuck up for him there just a little bit. And then uh, skipping on to John 19, uh, Nicodemus actually brings myrrh and a very hefty portion of it uh, to uh, at, or at Jesus' death. Uh, as a gift. And so those are the only three times Nicodemus is mentioned. So uh, a, a lot of great things, a lot of mystery around this guy, Nicodemus. And wh when I first got this uh, lesson, I was actually reminded of 
uh, the show The Chosen, you know, because they have a great scene that I've never thought of Nicodemus and Jesus' interaction like that, like they displayed in, in that uh, TV series or that series, uh, The Chosen. Really great series. Anyways, let's, let's get to this lesson here. Uh, that was a little bit of backstory and a little bit about Nicodemus, but Brother Hal, what was it like, you think, to be a Pharisee during this time? Well, the, uh, the Pharisees were kind of a, a, a society uh, of people. They weren't really a political party, uh, but they, they had a great influence on Judaism for, for not just a short time either, for literally centuries, uh, this group of scholars and scribes and laymen uh, of the scriptures had a great influence uh, on Judaism because they uh, not only worked in the synagogues, but they created what might be called colleges or schools of, uh, and, and they taught uh, people uh, what they thought. And <clears throat> the interesting thing about the Pharisees is that apparently they were <clears throat> the uh, contemporary uh, part of what was going on because the Sadducees, who were uh, contrary to what the Pharisees believed, the Sadducees uh, mentioned in the scripture, they were hardliners. They, they were, their interpretation of the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, this is the way Moses did it, this is the way we're going to do it, this is the priesthood, this is how it works. And uh, now the Pharisees, on the other hand, they, <clears throat> they believed in the, the Torah too, but they, they says, times are different now. I mean, it's not the same as what it was uh, when Moses, you know, things are different and, and we need to be looking at things differently. Unfortunately, apparently they came up with a lot of their own rules that <laughs> weren't even uh, in the Bible. They, they expanded too much in their thinking and liberal uh, thoughts. Uh, so they, they, uh, they weren't old school. They were new school. They were the new, new guys. And, uh, but, you know, interestingly enough, um, still when Jesus showed up, the Pharisees, they're ready to put the skids on things. They, they didn't want to change. And, and I, I was actually thinking um, a few weeks ago, uh, why did it take so long? Of course, God is God's business. It's not mine. <laughs> but, uh, but why did it take it take so long? Uh, why did why did Jesus wait so long to be born of a virgin and come on the scene and provide salvation? I says, you know, why didn't he do it? Moses was a great guy that God chose. Why didn't we do it in Moses's time? And and then you keep going. Joshua, hey, he's a great guy too, and. Uh, you just go one after another, all of the prophets. Why, why did Jesus wait so long, you know, to come to this earth? And I could come up with only one conclusion, because when you look at humanity, people are just resistant to change. Hard-headed. It apparently took thousands of years to help people realize that Jesus is God Almighty. Jesus is... is <clears throat> Uh, the comforter, Jesus, I, Jesus said, I will come to you. He said, I, I'm going to come to you. That's what he told the disciples. I, I'm not going to send somebody else. I'm coming. Yeah. 
and and so many things uh, like that. Uh, uh, but you, the Bible is so full of God telling His people, "I'm going to do a new thing." Unfortunately, people say, oh, "Wait, wait a minute! Isn't what we're doing working?" And I think the Pharisees were like that. They were resistant to change. We've always done it this way. And, but how many times did he say that? And even in our church, in the prophetical realm of, of our congregation, he has told us often, I'm going to do a new thing. And we've seen him do it. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. And you know, so that's what's, that's what's funny. We have this Nicodemus guy. A Pharisee, you know, raised raised as a Pharisee. Uh, we don't, like I said, we don't have much background on him, and we don't know what much happens after him. But he seems to be like curious. Mm. You know, he he maybe he wants this new change that you're talking about mm. more so than all his uh, his comrades. Um, you know, there's something different about him. So, brother Mike, what what do you think made Nicodemus different than all the other Pharisees that we read about? Well, um, he was curious. He was humble. Um, he looked at the way he, he approached Jesus in uh, John chapter 3. This is probably one of the most down-to-earth conversations uh, recorded in Scripture. Um, right. Humility is probably the biggest differences between Nicodemus and the rest of the Pharisees. Um, Nicodemus asks a question that most everyone had uh, on their mind, but were not humble uh, enough to ask. Um, and we find in John 3, 4, it says, how can someone be born when they're old? Mm -hmm. It's pretty much a common, you know, a <laughs> simple question. Um, Nicodemus asked, surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. And Jesus answers pretty simply. In, in John 3, 5, Jesus answers, Verily, verily, I tell, tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of the water and the Spirit. And in, in chapter or, uh, verse 6, Flesh gives birth to flesh, but, but the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it passes. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Amen. Right there. Very famous, famous scriptures. Uh, Nicodemus asking Jesus, what do I got to do? And Jesus says, you must be born again of the water and the Spirit. And there you go. Nicodemus throws up his hands. Well, that doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. I don't understand. And and, and let's just clarify real quick. And we're not going to spend a lot of time on it. I think even my last Bible study, I spent a lot of time on baptism. But here, born of the water. Me and we'll read it. We'll read one scripture. Colossians two twelve. Buried with him in baptism. I am buried with Jesus, um, similar as in with baptism, wherein also you are risen with him, thankfully. That's, that's the most important part right there. We are also risen with him through the faith of the operations of God who hath raised him from the dead. 
That's being born again, being submersed in water, buried with him just as he was. Um, and then invoking that name of Jesus, Acts 19.5. And when they heard this, they were all baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is an instance uh, there found in the book of Acts where the apostles were evangelizing the gospel. And what do they do? They went out and they baptized people. They, they dunked them in the water and they said in the name of Jesus. So that's what being born again of the water means. All right. That's what Jesus was saying. And then we go, what is being born of the spirit? Acts uh, 2.16. This is actually one of my favorite verses, Acts 2.16. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Little context there, Acts chapter 2, this is when the outpouring of the Holy Ghost falls and all the people looking on, seeing um, the 120 in the upper room speaking in an unknown tongue. And what did they hear? What did they say? They said, oh my goodness, what is this? What are we going to do? Or Peter, please tell us what this is. And Peter says, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. What was spoken by the prophet Joel? He says, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. So we have the Old Testament referencing uh, that Peter was referencing, explaining what was taking place in Acts chapter 2, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost there in the upper room. And you'll notice that when the outpouring of the Holy Ghost happened and the people that were looking on, they didn't notice or they didn't comment on the wind. They didn't comment on the um, pillars of fire that sat down, they commented on what they heard, which was men speaking in an unknown tongue. And so that is that sign of the Holy Ghost being poured out. Anyways, there's a little bit of baptism. What That's what uh, Jesus meant when he said being born again of the water and the spirit. But here we go. Just like probably most of us would have said is like, what do you mean? I have no idea what you're talking about. Jesus, just like uh, uh, Nicodemus said. And, but, but I gotta, we gotta give the guy some credit, right? He, he came, he was humble, like you said, and he came to the Lord to ask him, okay, what do I gotta do? But, you know, again, as we read on in scripture, we don't know much more about Nicodemus. We don't know if he was baptized. We don't know if he, if he made the commitment fully, um, you know, to be one of uh, Jesus' disciples. We don't know that 100%. We can, we can speculate. But it's almost like, and I don't know for sure, but it's almost like he was on the fence. And it's a, it's a dangerous place to be at. What do you think, Brother Hal? Is it dangerous to be riding on the fence? Oh, most definitely dangerous. You know, none of us, none of us like a person that seems to never make a decision go one way or the other you know we're not comfortable with that <clears throat> we like to see somebody is it yes or no are you committed or not and uh, we like people who are committed you know right. Are, right. are are in the game they're gung-ho they're ready to go right <clears throat> not not a fence rider but the pharisees uh, which Nic nicodemus was a pharisee uh, they were all about looking good you know, on the outside, they were about the outside, and and uh, matter of fact, Jesus even described them as whited sepulchers, mm -hmm. a tomb that was painted white. Looks good on the outside, but inside, he said, they were full of dead men's bones, and so they they 
had a religion that had a form, but they were denying the very power. Here they were, right here, you know, on a time that was one of those times that, that you just spoke about, that new thing was on the scene. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but compromising uh, the relationship we can have with God, unfortunately, leads to lack of faith. And it's just an open door for the enemy uh, to uh, trick us. It, pu it puts, our, puts our whole spiritual life in, in jeopardy. Uh, and many de deceitful lusts that are talked about, all of the categories, man, they just, they're just right there, rolling like a snowball rolling down the hill. If, if you, you can't commit, if you can't say, I'm, I love you, Lord. I'm going to serve you and, and, and just say, Lord Jesus, I know you love me. It, you know, a lot of people have trouble with that. Yeah. The, the same whether or not, how could Jesus love me? Well, Jesus can love. He can love like no one else can. And, and he said, be holy. How can you be holy? We can't. Jesus has to make us holy. You know, we can't do that by ourselves. It's that spirit uh, that uh, is necessary. But deception alert, big caution sign right here. In 2 Timothy, there's this well-known scripture in the third chapter, the very first verse, it says, this know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. Now here's a warning. Talk about a new thing. Here's a really new bad thing uh, that's fixing to happen. Mm -hmm. And the following scriptures, you know, enumerate all of the various categories that's going to happen. And in verse 5, it says, Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. So riding the fence is a very dangerous thing. Denying what the power of God can do for you. Well, we, we can't just have churchianity, you know. We can't just have a club. Uh, anybody can build a club. No, we want a powerhouse that's driven by the spirit of the living God. And that's what uh, commitment really means, means. But Jesus, as you notice, he took time to talk to this man, Nicodemus. Yeah. Think about that a minute. And he took time to explain to him what being saved was all about. One-on-one. -on -one. Whoa, what a moment in time that is. Uh, I really can't help but, you know, uh, to project my thinking, you know, like you said before, Brother Gary, we don't know, you know uh, uh, the answer to what happened thousands of years ago. Uh, but those 3,000 people that heard the power of the Holy Ghost being poured out, out there, the, the 3,000 that were added to the church and, and wanted to be filled with the Holy Ghost and were, and were baptized in the name of Jesus. And th that was the question that they asked, the same, really the same question that Nicodemus asked. Yeah. Uh, when Peter finishes his sermon, he says, they, they, they cried out, what must we do to be saved? And Jesus told them uh, what they must do. And, and, and so 
you know, I'm kind of leaning toward Nicodemus got it together. He was part of that re- that that revival there yeah. and the outpouring of the Holy Ghost and and maybe he wasn't a fence rider after all. Yeah, uh, I'm right there hoping with you as as well as well, brother Hal. So, brother Mike, what what do you think? What do you think this outcome of of Nicodemus uh, could be? Well, looking through, uh, we really don't know what happened. Um, we don't know if he became a true uh, follower of, of Christ or he continued in his current uh, life. Um, did he take up? Did he take Jesus's com- uh, comments and was born again of the water? Did he get baptized uh, by one of the uh, apostles? Was he born again of the Spirit? Was Nicodemus, as we kind of uh, spoke of, of the one, uh, 120 in the upper room on the day of Pentecost? We can look in Second Peter 1 and 10. Uh, it says, Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and the election sure. For ye, if ye... Do these things, ye sh- shall never fail. Fall, excuse me. And then in Philippians 2 and 12, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. With these um, scriptures in mind, I must be diligent and sure so that there are no question marks in my head about what will become of me. Um, And I think that's probably a question that um, Nicodemus asked himself. So I'm kind of leaning that same way, not to be a fence writer, um, but that's kind of where I kind of think. We are are all optimists right here. (laughs) We're all optimists. You know, because I mean, we have to give Nicodemus a huge amount of credit. He is the only Pharisee that, you know, more or less took off his uh, royal garments for a second, figuratively speaking, and approached Jesus humbly, called him master, called him rabbi, says, hey, you're, you're a great teacher. I, I need to come learn from you and approached him with what do I need to do? I mean, you, we don't read about that too often anywhere else of someone humbling um, themselves that way. And so I hope and that Nicodemus did find he was there in the upper room or maybe he was he saw Jesus ascend. He was one of those 500 that saw him ascend or or he was one of the 3000 that heard the commotion and 3000 were added to that church at the end of uh, Acts 2 there. And uh, we hope that that was his outcome that all started right here back in John chapter 3. Yes. With this one question of humility. Can I, can I come to you, Lord, and, and what do I have to do? And so really, this kind of poses the question for me. This comes back to me. What, um, what is going to be my outcome? As, as I said in the beginning... You know, do we know what the, our outcome is going to be? Do we know what our friends were, are going to say? Are our friends and our family going to gather to gr- around in a Bible study just like us three are and say, you know what, Garrett, you know, he had a good moment or two, but mm, do I really know what happened to him? 
Is it, did he do something so great? Did he just fall upon his knees right there in, Acts, or in John 3 and say, all right, I believe you. I don't understand you, Jesus, but I believe you. And, you know, I'm going to be born again with the water and spirit. Tell me what to do. Tell me where to go. That kind of thing. I don't want that kind of question mark above my head. You know, I want to make, like you said, Brother Mike, make my calling, make my election sure, and to work out my salvation with fear and trembling. I take, I take it serious, basically, yes. at the end of the day. I take my salvation serious and, and do what I need to do. Uh, James, James uh, 1.12, Blessed is the man that endures temptation, for when he was tried, he shall receive a crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Nicodemus had a temptation to endure. And if he endured it, if he did it, if I can do it nowadays, there's going to be that crown uh, for, for all of us. 2 Corinthians 5.9, Therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. Lord, that is our goal, to be well-pleasing to you. For we must appear before, for we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to that which he has done, whether good or bad. That's what, that's what we have to do. We're all going to appear before the Lord, and Lord, I want to make the necessary steps right now today so that way there is no question. Lord, I'm, I'm going to come up and meet you, and when you see those works, they're, they're going to be good works. Amen. And... Uh, so to, so to wrap this up, wrap up here this, this incident with Nicodemus, uh, I'm going to read this very famous verse, uh, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And do you know that Jesus said this verse to Nicodemus? It's in the same story. It's in the same conversation. And what's interesting here uh, is that you have Jesus saying to Nicodemus, answering his question, what must I do? Jesus says, you must be born again with a must in there. You must be born again of the water and the spirit or you, you will not see the kingdom of heaven. Then you get down 10 verses later and Jesus says, for God so loved the world, if you believe on him, you shall have everlasting life. Oh my God, do we have contradicting statements here right out of the, in the same chapter, in the same conversation, in the same context? And some people will just hang on that verse, verse 16, saying, oh, hey, all I got to do is believe. I gotta, let alone 10 verses earlier, he says, I got to be born again of the water and spirit. And the way to look at this is really quite simple. One verse does not void out another verse. Does not. All of those verses are true. I must believe to have everlasting life. And my belief will lead me to, my, to the next step, to repentance. And it will lead me into baptism in the name of Jesus. And will lead me into seeking for the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And every verse in God's word matters. Not one is above another. Just the same as Jesus says, except you become as a little child, you shall not enter in the kingdom of heaven. That's true too. That's 100% true, just like all the rest of the verses we just read here in John 3. All of them are true.
And the very first step, and maybe that's what Jesus was, was um, sharing with Nicodemus. He was saying, hey, you got to be born again of water and spirit. Okay, that just went way over Nicodemus' head. I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, Jesus says, well, let me, let me break it down to you. Let's start from the beginning. The very beginning thing is that you believe that I love you. Mm-hmm. You yes. believe that I came down to this earth to be manifested in the flesh, that I would die for your sins, and so on and so forth. Just like you, Brother Hell, just said earlier, some people have a hard time believing that Jesus even loves them. And maybe that was Nicodemus' first step. Your first step, Nicodemus, is to believe that I love you. Then I'm going I'm to watch you. If you continue in that faith, if you continue to grow and don't let anything stop you, you're going to go down the path of being born again of the water and, and of the Spirit. So, really, so then the question becomes, what's stopping me? Amen. Let's say I'm at, let's say I'm at the point of, of I believe. I believe that there's a God. I believe that that God is Jesus. And, you know, I'm, I'm trusting him. What's stopping me from taking that next step? Let me tell you what, what stopped Nicodemus. In that, in, just in this moment, like I said, we don't know what happened really afterwards, but just in this moment, what stopped him? Nicodemus was trying to understand really what Jesus was saying. And how many times do we like to wrap our brain around and understand completely what the Lord is saying before we take a step forward? Mm-hmm. Before we reach out in faith, I need to understand all realms and, and what's going on. I need to see it from every angle because we all have analytical minds and, and we all need to evaluate and understand it completely. Okay, oh, I get it now. I get what you're saying now by being born again in the water. Spirit, oh, doesn't mean entering my womb again or entering my mother's womb again the second time. Oh, okay, I get it now. Now I'll go ahead and take that step forward. But my friends, and we all know it, faith does not work that way. It does, Jesus doesn't need to paint out a, a big picture, even though Jesus did. Think about that for a second. And I'm, I'm going on here, I need to wrap up. But Jesus is the ultimate teacher, right? Was Jesus successful in John chapter 3 with Nicodemus? Uh, well, was he converted right then? Did Nicodemus say like, all right, let's, let's make this happen? Or did Nicodemus have to go away and think about it, pray about it, try and figure it out? No, so here you have the best teacher explaining the salvation plan, and yet it may not have fully been accepted because what was blocking Nicodemus was that understanding. If he would have just believed, just believed, just taken that step of faith and who knows what could have happened right then. And like we all hope, like we all mentioned, we hope that he did take that step of faith years later, chapters later, or back in, you know, Acts chapter two. We're hoping that that's what he did. Uh, because we know that he had that desire, and we are hoping that the temptation of this world, the pride of life in which was prevalent uh, with all his uh, Pharisee uh, friends, we're hoping that he put that all aside and said, you know what, I'm going to be a follower of Jesus, and I'm going to do what he said. I'm going to believe, and then I'm going to repent. I'm going to be baptized. I'm going to be born again of the Spirit. So at the end of the day, I'll leave you with this one question. 
Don't let anything stop you. If you believe in God, I, I challenge you to take that next step. I, well, I don't really understand this outpouring of the Holy Ghost. It makes no sense. Hey, just believe and watch how the Lord will minister to you, right? These things are understood spiritually. That's why I think Brother Mike read that scripture. These things are spiritually understood. I can't logically and rationally and, and in my flesh understand them sometimes. But if I take that leap of faith, God will begin to reveal and God will give me then to give the understanding. So I, I really, really love this story uh, with Nicodemus and in his whole life and this interaction that he had with Jesus. So we hope that something that has been said today has been a blessing to you, has been an encouragement to you, has built your faith up, has challenged you. Because really at the end of the day, I want this lesson to come across as a challenge. And again, if you have those prayer requests, please email those at prayer at mastersouse.org and we'll lift up your prayer and your needs before the Lord, asking God to come in and minister and to be with you and to give you that understanding that only comes through the Spirit leading and guiding you. So, Brother Hal, if you would, thank you so much for everything you shared. But if you would, let's dismiss us now with a word of prayer. Loving Jesus, we praise you and are so thankful that you love us. And we know that you love everyone that's listening tonight and that the power of your might is ready to move and manifest itself if we will just step out and believe. And oh God, tonight we believe, we trust you. We know, oh God, that you love us so much that we, we can't even comprehend the dimension of love that you have. But we are thankful for it, oh God. And we pray that tonight, as we join with those that uh, have tuned in to, to this broadcast tonight, that, oh Lord, that you will move in ways that we have never known before. Do that new thing in our life, Lord Jesus. We ask these things in your precious name, the name that is above every name, the only name by which we can be saved Jesus. Amen. Amen. Good night and God bless.